0: With the Gamecocks recent struggles that they've had on the offensive side of the ball in recent weeks you have to wonder how is this impacting them on the recruiting front Well, we're going to dive into all of that and more today right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Locked On Gamecocks your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks part of the Locked On Podcast Network your
1: team every day.
0: Today's episode of Locked On Gamecocks is brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Hello Gamecock Nation and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Your show as always for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host as always, Andrew Lyon, and I thank you once again for making the Lockdown On Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And on today's show, we're going to do a couple of different things. I'm obviously going to preview South Carolina's matchup against the variable Commodores. What are some of the key matchups to pay attention to in this football game? And what do I think is going to happen at the end of the day? But... Before we dive into all of that, obviously it's been a minute since we've talked about recruiting for Shane Beamer and his program, which is why I am pleased to be joined by SI's John Garcia Jr., the Director of Football Recruiting and a College Football Recruiting Analyst for SI Now, SI All-American, and Yellowhammer Football, which covers the best high school football in the state of Alabama. John, it has been a minute since I've had you on. I hope that you've been doing well.
1: I'm doing well, Andrew. Not as busy as you, my friend, but doing really well and excited to be back on with you. Absolutely. Well, John, obviously, you know, with
0: the recent news of Brian Harson being fired at Auburn, we have reached that point in the season where now fans are going to start wondering how are some of these coaching moves going to affect prospective recruits? And a big one for South Carolina to keep an eye on is highly talented hybrid defender Terrence Love. He can play a little bit of safety and linebacker on the defensive side of the ball, and he has taken some visits throughout the football season. Now that Brian Harson has officially been let go over there in Auburn, what have you heard on Terrence Love and any potential movement there?
1: Well, he's been real quiet, and I think that is kind of loud, right? That silence is, is glaring when you look at recruiting. Um, a lot of the Auburn commitments have doubled down and said hey um, you know we're committed to Auburn University that culture that program more so than one coach no disrespect to Brian Harson so we've seen a lot of them kind of go that route we've seen a lot of the other ones say you know it's wait and see we'll we'll see what happens love auburn xyz but we'll see who comes in which is kind of the expected approach i think for for most recruits Right but then, Terrence Love's been like no comment. Like it's been quiet because not only has he visited other schools, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of uncertainty there. So I don't think he wanted to attach his name to either side of of that coin relative to the Auburn commitments. They have already lost a couple of those pledges uh, to date. So you wonder if some more of that is potentially on the way. But yeah, Love has played it totally neutrally uh, in that conversation while simultaneously, as you said. Hit some hitting some other programs for visits. And just a couple of weeks ago, I know he was at South Carolina. So that's a program that you expect to stay in the forefront of, of this conversation. Uh, you wonder how much you know the success of I think the back seven at South Carolina has been pretty good this year relative to some of the other schools. I know they lead the SEC in interceptions. You know, does, does that start to enhance and help uh, with a recruitment like that, especially in Atlanta, right? You're always going to recruit that city. Same thing for Auburn and Bama and everybody in the SEC, but South Carolina included. You're going to recruit Atlanta heavily. So it's important when you hit those prospects and those schools. And Langston Hughes High School is, is as loaded as any school there in the Atlanta area. So he becomes an important recruit beyond what he can do in my mind. But, yeah, like you said, hybrid defender. Uh, recruitment could totally be reset and it wouldn't surprise a ton of people in, in this regard. And, and because he's a hybrid and productive and big and physical, um, there's a lot of schools that are going to try to get involved here last minute uh, for, for Terrence Love. So we expect South Carolina to be one one of those right in the thick of it. We know he was on campus and really enjoyed his time. Just a couple of weeks ago. And again, that defense has certainly compared to the offense has shown a little bit more promise and, and flash in 2022.
0: Right. And with South Carolina having two sixth year seniors starting at linebacker and a bunch of upperclassmen in that secondary in that starting lineup as well. You have to figure that Shane Beamer and this staff are definitely not going to let up in the recruitment of Terrence Love. Now, obviously, John, a big topic of conversation down here in the past few days has been South Carolina's offense and for good reason. South Carolina seems like has pretty much been stuck in the mud on this side of the ball all season. And, you know, a lot of fans are talking about what's going on with the program currently, which is, you know, human nature. It's understandable. But another thing that fans, I think, need to look at a little bit further is how this is affecting South Carolina's pitches on the recruiting front. You have to imagine, of course, some other schools are using this to maybe negatively recruit against them. So, John, overall, how has South Carolina's offensive performance on the field affected their perception on the recruiting trail for that side of the ball
1: yeah you know I was talking to a coach in the SEC just last week and they always reiterate the same thing this time of year it's never as good as the on-field product could seem and it's never as bad as the on-field product could seem relative to recruiting so it doesn't mean uh, Tennessee for instance is going to go get every recruit on offense and conversely it doesn't mean that programs like South Carolina that aren't clicking the same way aren't going to be able to produce uh, offensively. And if you look at the SI rankings that we just put out uh, yesterday from a recruiting perspective, a lot of those top 20 teams aren't exactly lighting it up on offense, yet they're still able to recruit well enough to position, you know, highly in that top 25. So I do think there's some credence to that. It's it's never a one-to-one ratio of well, they can't do this on the field, so now you know we're not going to be able to do it in recruiting. It's really never that simple, especially for a program like South Carolina to me, Andrew, that is still creating and trying to find its identity under Shane Beamer because it's still so early in this tenure. I think we get lost in that sometimes where we think, oh, well, this thing has to change right now or it'll never change. It, recruits don't always see it that way. It's it's more about the people. It's more about the people recruiting them uh, compared to the on-field product, barring an extreme. Like if if it was to the point where people were like, Shane Beamer needs to get fired and that kind of stuff, then I think, yeah, you probably see more of an impact in recruiting like we just talked about at Auburn and some of these other schools that are going through the process. But until it gets to that point, it, it's really hard to point at the on-field product as a detractor for a lot of kids uh, in recruiting. So I I don't think it hurts as much as we college football fans think it hurts on the trail. Could could it be part of a decision? Absolutely. Could it be something another school brings up? Yes, absolutely. But in terms of a deciding factor, it's not going to be what puts South Carolina over the top or another school over South Carolina when it comes down to making a final decision for a recruit. It's still about The culture. It's still about the coaches, the people recruiting these high schoolers. It's about, you know, NIL. It's about other factors winning before it is necessarily about your specific scheme, position unit, depth chart, all of those things. It's still more about the bigger picture than something so specific. Well, John, that's certainly good insight and good
0: news to hear uh, for Gamecock fans, you know, hearing the fact that maybe this offensive performance, you know, that the problems can be rectified and that's not going to weigh too heavily into many of these prospects' final decisions. But there is one prospect that I personally do feel like it did play a role in his final decision. That was Mazio Bennett, who since the last time we talked— he did commit to the Tennessee Volunteers. And as I mentioned with you before, South Carolina fans take a lot of pride in having in-state kids stay in-state and come in to wear the garnet and black. And to lose a kid like Maisie Bennett, who is uber-talented at that wide receiver position, to Tennessee, obviously, as of the moment, is a big blow. But based on what you're saying, it sounds like there is a chance where maybe if South Carolina can fix some of the issues they've had on that side of the ball, maybe they could work their way back into that recruitment.
1: Do you see it that way? Well, look, he's a 2024, right? He's a junior, so there's going to be time between now and that final decision. And look, there there are also other circumstances that are just kind of tough to overcome. When you are known as a big play receiver from South Carolina and you're watching Tennessee who's living off of a big play receiver in Jalen Hyatt from South Carolina, it it really – it's easier to sell that because it's so specific and niche, right? Same type of player, same position, from the same state, all that stuff kind of works individually in that regard. But, yeah, this is a kid who I think was, was really close to a bunch of programs before he made that final call, and he's covet, He's going to be coveted enough where these schools aren't going to slow down for him, uh, at least you know in the long term. Maybe right now it cools a little bit because these coaches are trying to finish up in 23, but once we get towards the holidays and certainly the new year, there's a lot of 2024 recruits that are gonna have a lot of increased attention, whether they're committed to a school or not, because it's just so early in the process and when you're the in-state school and and like you said the relationship is there and 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 they were right in the thick of it before that final call was made you do expect bennett to continue to build that relationship with south carolina and that's really your best bet at this point right um pump up the stability that you've got uh you'll probably be bowl eligible by this time next week so things could still profile positively for South Carolina, even though it's not on that extreme of Tennessee right now being this crazy offense, number one team in the country, as, as we currently speak, can and probably will change at some point. But right now you certainly understand kind of the niche of that Bennett recruitment tipping Tennessee's way. But I think that's it's so specific that it's not something you could generalize with South Carolina offensive recruiting as a whole.
0: Right, yeah, and when you're a kid like Bennett who's looking to play in a high-powered offense, it can definitely be very difficult to turn down the opportunity to play in an offense that is rolling right now like Tennessee is. John, really appreciate you coming on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast today to dive into everything with Gamecock recruiting. Appreciate all your insight. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Have a good show. All right, y'all, that is John Garcia Jr. over at SI, All-American SI. Now you can go give him a follow on Twitter. At John Garcia underscore junior, if you want to get some more information on him in terms of the national landscape of recruiting, John Garcia does a fantastic job over there, so I highly recommend that y'all go check him out if you want to look into some recruiting a little bit further. And of course, South Carolina has their matchup against the Vanderbilt Commodores taking place tomorrow evening. And what has all of a sudden now turned into a must-win game for South Carolina. A game that maybe Gamecock fans have a little bit more worry heading into than they originally thought they would. And I'm going to dive into the key matchups and how I think this game is going to play out in just a little bit right here on Lockdown Gamecocks. But before I get into all that, I do want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. The easiest place To spice up your college football season. Now, for this week, I got two specific games that I'm looking at once again in Kentucky at Missouri and Alabama at LSU. Two SEC games from this weekend. Now, for the game between the Wildcats and the Tigers, I'm gonna take Kentucky quarterback Will Levis to throw for lower than 238 and a half passing yards. As he hasn't passed that mark once against Power Five competition this year. And after seeing Missouri's defense last weekend against the Gamecocks, um, yeah, I see no reason to think otherwise here. We'll move on from there. I'm also going to take LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels to rush for more than 34 and a half yards against Alabama as he surpassed that mark in six of the Tigers' eight games this year. Season. So, who would you pick in these scenarios? Sign up with the promo code LOCKED ON, all in one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100, meaning that if you deposit $100, you'll get $100 for free with no strings attached. So, go to UnderdogFantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy with the promo code LOCKED ON, all in one word. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right. So let's get into a quick game preview of South Carolina's impending matchup with the Vanderbilt Commodores that is taking place on Saturday night at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, so in terms of key matchups, the main one that I'm going to be paying attention to when South Carolina's defense is out on the field. will be very wide receiver Will Shepard versus South Carolina's outside cornerbacks in Cam Smith and Darius Rush. And, of course, there's times where Marcellus Dow might be lined up outside. But Cam Smith and Darius Rush, in my eyes, will be the two main guys who are going to be covering Will Shepard on Saturday evening. Now... Will Shepard, as I mentioned earlier in the week, is a guy that is heavily involved in this Vanderbilt offense in terms of a lot of the RPOs that they like to run, which means that he is going to be on a lot of one cut routes in the short passing game. And Will Shepard is a good enough athlete where he could get involved in the intermediate to deep passing game. But the issue with Vanderbilt's offense is, again, their offensive line is not very good especially in pass protection when it comes to the offensive tackle position. So this Vanderbilt offense is going to look to get the ball out fast, sort of in a similar fashion to what Missouri did this past weekend, at least in terms of a strategy standpoint. So, with Vanderbilt wide receiver Will Shepard early on in this game, I think there's a chance he could get behind Cam Smith and Darius Rush on the outside, because I think that if there's one thing South Carolina's cornerbacks are a little bit prone to get exposed in, I guess is the best way to put it, even though I don't think it's necessarily all on them when they play defense, it is facing one-cut routes, because South Carolina is not afraid to put their cornerbacks in man coverage Press coverage at the line of scrimmage a lot more than the majority of the rest of the teams in the SEC. I don't think there's a whole lot of other teams that does it just as much as South Carolina does. And in this game, with the way that Vanderbilt plays in the passing game, you can't really just sit back and soft zone coverage the entire time. You're going to need to get up against these receivers, and you're going to need to challenge these guys, and that's going to include Will Shepard out wide. And so I think that early on in this game, again, Will Shepard does have a chance to maybe get these Gamecock cornerbacks a little bit, especially on some slant routes. The thing that South Carolina's cornerbacks, Will Shepard and Darius Rush, are going to have to be careful with, they cannot get too many penalties called against them. It has now been shown over the last few games specifically that referees are not afraid to penalize Cam Smith for anything that they deem to be defensive holding. Whether it was actually holding or not is an entirely different discussion. The point being is they have penalized and flagged Cam Smith a lot this season. So Cam Smith is going to have to be careful in terms of how grabby he might be with his hands. With Darius Rush, I think that the concern maybe with him is that he's a little bit better of a zone coverage cornerback in my eyes than he is man coverage corner. That doesn't mean that he can't play man coverage, obviously. They wouldn't be doing it as much if they weren't confident in his abilities there. But I think against a guy like Will Shepard, I would give Will Shepard the advantage there against Darius Rush. Again, not meant any offense towards him, but... Will Shepard, in my eyes, with the way that Vanderbilt plays on offense, is going to have a chance to get a lot of, you know, five-yard gains, seven-yard gains, maybe some eight-yard gains. It's not going to be 20, 25-yard plus bombs like you might imagine maybe Tennessee doing against South Carolina or, you know, just against any opponent in general, it's going to be a lot of stuff underneath. And the thing that South Carolina's cornerbacks cannot allow is for frustrations to get the best of them, which, as I mentioned, you know, can lead to more penalties as this game progresses. And if you're doing that and Vanderbilt's getting success in terms of everything else they're trying to do on offense, then Vanderbilt's offense can get into a rhythm. They can get a lot of growing confidence. And that's where this game can get a lot more interesting when South Carolina's defense is out on the field, not even countering in the running game aspect from Vanderbilt's offense. So that's the first key matchup I'm watching. The second key matchup, in my eyes, is South Carolina versus all the external conditions that they're going to be facing this weekend. We've mentioned it, of course, already. South Carolina is coming off a gut-wrenching loss. It felt like a gut punch to all the players what happened this past Saturday against the Missouri Tigers. Again, because they felt like, you know, they had prepared well enough for that matchup to win. And, of course, they were playing in their home crowd in williams Bryce Stadium, and they weren't able to get it done. And sometimes, even with the most experienced of teams in terms of, you know, the amount of years that a lot of these guys have played college ball— it can take guys a while to bounce back from that kind of loss. And I know what some of you are probably going to say in the comments section on YouTube or maybe, you know, directly message me on Twitter. If you're listening to this on an audio podcast, you might tell me, Andrew, it's Vanderbilt. You do realize they have no home field advantage, right? Yes, you would be absolutely correct. Vanderbilt does not have a home field advantage like any of the other teams in this conference. However... I would argue, you know, I did play high school football for four years. I was not a good player. I always emphasize that. But I can attest to at least this part. When you're playing in a stadium or in an environment that just doesn't seem really natural. It doesn't seem very familiar to you. It's a place that maybe you're not used to playing in. You know, maybe it's a little bit eerie in a sense. I played in some high school football stadiums like that. And I can tell you, you know, it it doesn't maybe completely change how your team feels going into a football game, but I do think that it does sort of play into the player's psyche in a sense. And I think sometimes that can be just as dangerous as playing in front of an away environment where you have a hundred thousand plus people screaming their heads off at you, like they do in Neyland Stadium, like they do over in Death Valley with LSU, like they do maybe at Sanford Stadium with Georgia. I think that can be just as bad. And with this game, there's a couple of new conditions now that we're starting to learn about as this week has progressed. The weather forecast now for Saturday does not look so good. There are some people calling for a near 100% chance for rain in Nashville during the afternoon portion of the day. Now, I don't know about the evening time, if it's going to carry over to 730 p.m. Eastern time, but, you know, either way, That, in my opinion, bodes to the favor of the Commodores when I add in this point. Marshawn Lloyd is going to be a game-time decision now for this game. Coach Shane Beamer made this known on his Carolina Calls radio show that he did with Todd Ellis on Thursday evening. So, when you add all these factors together, you add in the loss against the Missouri Tigers last weekend, you add in the fact that Waltz had a bye week, you add the fact that Vanderbilt knows that they haven't defeated South Carolina in 13 years. That is the longest streak that any SEC team, including Bama and Georgia, holds over the Commodores in the entire conference. And they nearly got South Carolina last year. Some would argue maybe they should have gotten them last year. Y'all, there's a lot of externals that are playing in the favor of the Vanderbilt Commodores here. And that is the kind of recipe sometimes that a less talented team like the Commodores need in order to pull off a victory that a lot of people are not expecting. And I can tell you right now, with the rain forecast, Marshawn Lloyd maybe not being able to play in this game. Um, I would be very concerned about that if I'm a South Carolina fan. It's not that you can't trust Christian Bill Smith and Juju McDowell, but Christian Bill Smith has been banged up in the last few games. He's been kind of nicked up all season long. And Juju McDowell, look. He is an absolute fighter at running back. No one will deny that fact. But it's very clear and evident you cannot run Juju McDowell like you would run Marshawn or Christian Bill Smith. You have to be a little bit more unique in terms of your play calling. And you add in the fact that it's going to rain at the same time, which typically hurts the passing game more than anything else on offense, this could turn into a very ugly football game in a hurry for South Carolina's offense is my entire point. So... Needless to say, South Carolina versus all of those conditions on Saturday night, that is, in my opinion, maybe the biggest matchup, and it's not even going to take place maybe directly on the football field in its entirety. So that is going to be something to watch as a South Carolina fan. Now, in a couple moments, I'll let y'all know what I think is going to happen in this game, who I think is going to win this football game. Will the Gamecocks bounce back from their loss they suffered against the Missouri Tigers this past weekend and attain ball eligibility by defeating the Commodores? Or will Vanderbilt knock off the Gamecocks for the first time in 14 tries? I'll give you all my thoughts on all of that in just a couple moments after a word from a few sponsors. Welcome back to this game preview edition of the Locked on Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right. So we've built this game up throughout the entirety of the week. I just dove into the key matchups for this contest. Now it's time for me to let y'all know what I think is going to happen in this contest between the South Carolina Gamecocks and the Vanderbilt Commodores. Despite everything I just mentioned in terms of all of the externals that South Carolina is up against heading into this matchup, I still think at the end of the day, South Carolina just has a bit too much talent for Vanderbilt to overcome. Now, I will say this, BetOnline currently has the spread listed at minus 7 points in favor of the Gamecocks, and the over-under is listed at 48.5 points. I have to say... I think that they are not too far off with the spread. And I don't think that they're too terribly far off with the over-under here. South Carolina, in my eyes, offensively, they should have a field day still against this Vanderbilt Commodore defense, even with Marshawn Lloyd potentially being a game-time decision and the possibility of there being some rain affecting the playing conditions for this football game. I think South Carolina should still be able to throw the ball well as long as it's not raining too bad, and I do think they should still find a way in order to see some success in the rushing attack. Maybe if it means getting some more perimeter passes out there in order to try to open up the box. I think South Carolina ought to be able to do that just based on how these teams are matched up on paper. I will say this. I do think that Vanderbilt is going to have an advantage here in terms of their rushing attack. South Carolina's defense, look, they've had their moments in terms of improving in this area compared to what they did last season, but there's still too many times where South Carolina is just not able to stop their opponent consistently enough. Ray Davis is a really solid running back for this Vanderbilt Commodores team. Vanderbilt does a couple different things in terms of their run-blocking concepts using some duo-blocking scheme and also some zone-blocking schemes as well. And I think that, you know, they have proven that they can mix it up enough to where they can keep a defensive front off balance. I mean, you go see what they did against Ole Miss in the first half in sunny conditions a few weeks ago in their home stadium. Ole Miss had a lot of trouble containing Ray Davis and that Vanderbilt rushing attack. You look at guys like Jaden McGowan, who is a scatback type player at wide receiver, but could do a multitude of things for that offense. And then, of course, you got the star wide receiver in Will Shepard. This is by no means going to be an easy game for this South Carolina team. But Vanderbilt's defense is just so bad, statistically speaking, and has so few talented players on that side of the ball that I think at the end of the day, South Carolina is going to be able to find a way to score enough points to win this football game. So I think South Carolina is going to win this game, 31 to 24. Needless to say, if you're someone that likes to bet spread lines for the Gamecocks every single week, I would stay the heck away from this one. I would not. I would not touch this line with a 10 foot pole. In terms of the over/under being listed at 48 and a half points. With all the conditions being taken into effect, the rushing attack for Vanderbilt and South Carolina, the defense they're facing in the Vanderbilt Commodores, I would say that that over-under, you would take the over on the 48-and-a-half. I have this game, of course, going to 55 points exactly. So, what are y'all's thoughts on South Carolina's matchup against the Vanderbilt Commodores? What do you think is going to happen this weekend? And also, how do you feel about the Gamecocks on the recruiting front? It seems like the John Garcia doesn't think that anything on offense is going to affect the Gamecocks to a great extent, long term. But again, you know, it's all going to depend on what all happens in terms of maybe some of the decisions made by Shane Beamer going forward. What are your thoughts on all of this? I want to hear your thoughts in the comments section. If you're watching today's show on YouTube, of course, you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at line underscore SC, and I'll try to respond to you as quickly as I see your message. And once again, I want to thank y'all for making locked on Gamecocks your first watch or listen today. Now for your next listen or watch, I want y'all to go check out the locked on sports today podcast where the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps and the take of the day all take place right here on the locked on podcast network. This podcast is available on the odyssey app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcast daily. So once again, y'all, that's it for me on today's show. I hope that you have a great rest of your Friday and a fantastic weekend. And for those of you who are making the trip to Nashville for the game, please stay safe, especially with all of the weather that's supposed to take place on Saturday. I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.